Hello and welcome back. This episode is an important one. We will be talking about the future. Climate change, to be specific. For those who don't know, uh, climate change is a change in global or regional climate patterns, in particular a change apparent from the mid to late 20th century onwards, and attributed largely to the increased levels of atmospheric carbon dioxide produced by the use of fossil fuels. Basically, a change in the climate patterns in an area, because that was um, a definition that might be hard to follow for some. In our talk about the climate, we will discuss how it works, the climate apocalypse, there will be more information on that later, uh, what I think is the first slash likeliest to happen in relating to the climate apocalypse again. What happened in the G7 meeting this year, my opinion on climate change, and my opinion on this year's G7 meeting, plus others' opinions on that matter. And just before we get started, G7 is an intergovernmental um, political forum consisting of Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the United States, and the United Kingdom. The reason why we'll be talking about this meeting is since they talked about climate change, among other things, of course, such as the pandemic, which is very important. Um, So uh, without further ado, let's get started. And I think I am repeating myself. Maybe not. (laughs) So. To describe how climate change works, you must know how the greenhouse effect works, since that's, it indirectly causes the planet to warm and causes all the crazy weather and such, since it traps the heat in. In short, first, light from the sun passes through the atmosphere, as you may know. Second, this light is absorbed by the Earth's surface, warming it. And third, greenhouse gases trap this heat, acting like a blanket. They trap the heat near the surface and don't let it go back to space, which normally happens. Because of this, humans are most likely the dominant cause of today's climate change since the late 1800s, caused by us burning fossil fuels. Climate change is a natural process, but we are currently speeding it up and potentially making it worse because we're going to have to live through this. Eventually, humanity would have to live through it, but we're making it sooner. Next, we have some evidence of this change because without evidence, we cannot be sure that this change is happening. It is, though. (laughs) And for those climate change deniers, you need to think a bit more and be a bit more observant. I understand why you would want to deny it, but just don't. Alright, there is evidence in satellites data. Carbon dioxide and other gases affect the transfer of infrared energy through the atmosphere. And we, of course, can track that with our current technology. There is a global temperature rise. The planet's average surface temperature has increased by 1 and 18 hundredths degrees Celsius, or 2 and 12 hundredths degrees Fahrenheit since the late 19th century. Oceans have also warmed by 
six-tenths degrees Fahrenheit or 33 hundredths degrees Celsius since 1969. In Greenland and the Arctic, the ice sheets have decreased in mass. Greenland has been losing about 279 billion tons of ice per year from 1993 to 2019. That is a lot. Antarctica lost about 148 billion tons of ice per year in that time. There's also glacial retreat, decreased snow cover, snow melts earlier, and the amount of spring snow cover has decreased over the past five decades in the northern hemisphere, by the way. Global sea level rose about 8 inches or 27 centimeters in the last century. The rate in the last 20 years is almost double that of the last 100 years and is articulating slightly every year. The Arctic sea ice is also declining. Not lice. <laughs> um, more extreme events... Ocean acidification since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. The acidity of surface water oceans has... Surface ocean waters has increased by about 30% because the ocean has absorbed 20 to 30% of the total anthropogenetic carbon dioxide in recent decades. That is 7.2 to 10.8 billion metric tons per year. That is only some of the proof that climate change exists. Only a tiny fraction of the whole amount of evidence. But if I included all the evidence, this would be a very long episode. And I only have so much time. Now, since we are sure that climate change exists, let's talk about the climate apocalypse. So, the climate apocalypse is an apocalypse as a result of us continuing to not do enough about climate change. You see, this point is irreversible, because plants will instead of, of producing oxygen, will begin to make more carbon dioxide, which is a greenhouse gas. This may lead to a point of no return, for humans at least. Life will continue on. You might hear my cat in the background, by the way. Uh, but life will continue on since uh, there's ways plants can override this producing carbon dioxide because, you know, in tropical climates, the tropical plants there, um, they're, they face intense heat from time to time and sometimes often, and they manage to override it. It's very complicated to explain how they override it and why heat affects plants in this way. So I will not get into it. But these plants will eventually, you know, like move to temperate climates. Or the temperate plants would begin to adapt as well. So do not worry. It kind of makes me feel a bit better about this whole thing. Because at least life will continue on, right? In the climate apocalypse, there are 12 main things that will be impacted or happen relating to the atmosphere, disease, food scarcity, heat deaths, mass displacement, mass extinction, natural disasters, sea level rise, ocean acidification, shutdown of the ocean currents, 
societal collapse, and war. Let's start from the top. What will happen to our atmosphere? So, as the climate changes, warming will reduce the capacity of oxygen in the oceans as a result of high carbon dioxide emissions. The oceans will have a harder time absorbing oxygen. This relates to the atmosphere, trust me. Anaerobic microbes would thrive in these conditions, which is bad, really bad. These microbes will produce great, great amounts of hydrogen sulfide gas, which is toxic. The gas will be released into the atmosphere, causing extinctions on both land and in water. It will also damage the ozone layer, exposing Earth to harmful levels of UV radiation. Sorry, just getting some water. In the Triceric and Pleistocene eras, the mass extinction occurred at carbon dioxide con- concentrations at about 1,000 ppm. And if this, this level was reached again, another mass extinction could happen. This extinction could be as a result of natural greenhouse gases or anthropogenetic emissions. Next up, disease. First, rising temperatures increase the risk of an epidemic or pandemic, which we are currently in. You may ask, why or how? Well, bugs that carry and distribute infectious diseases can spread to new areas because of the changing climate. Plus, epidemics are more likely to happen after severe weather events, such as flooding or heavy rainfall. These events become more likely because of the changing climate. Next, permafrost will begin to melt. It already is. Permafrost, for those who do not know, is ground that remains below zero degrees Celsius for two or more years. This melting permafrost could release diseases that have been dormant for many years. In August 2016, a thawed reindeer carcass that was almost 100 years old infected several people in Syria with anthrax. Anthrax is an infection caused by the bacterium Bacillus anthraxius. So it has happened. Number three is food scarcity. We are going through these pretty fast. Anyways, in short, we have three main points as to what will cause this. Number one, plants have a maximum temperature at which they can grow. And with the warming climate, crops may stop growing in places that reach too high temperatures. Number two, climate change can introduce new pests into these areas, which can also slow crop production. Number three. Extreme weather events will become more common, and frequent droughts will affect the crops. So meat may become our main source of food in the apocalypse. Sorry to the vegans and vegetarians out there. You might have to start eating meat in the apocalypse. Hopefully it doesn't happen soon, though. Number four, heat deaths. The most obvious problem, in my opinion at least... But let's explain it anyways. So, heat plus humidity 
equals impairment of the human's body's ability to cool itself, causing hyperthermia, which is a potentially life-threatening condition. And I also have some stats for you about this. By 2100, 73.9% of the human population could live in environments of lethal heat compared to 30.6% in 2000. You know, now that I think about it, kids in the future, if we don't stop the rapid change of climate, may not be able to play outside in these conditions. That's really sad. Well, the sweltering heat could be a part of why there may be a mass displacement. After all this stuff, is very likely that more people will be displaced from their homes, resulting potentially in social instability and conflict. 61% of new internal displacement in 2018 was caused by natural disasters, which will increase with a change in climate. And when the migrates, because of these things, increase in the future from poorer nations, the wealthier nations may begin to impose higher restrictions on immigration. The governments may become more authoritarian. After all this, I'm very scared for the future. And mass extinction. A topic which we have already discussed briefly can happen. We are actually undergoing Earth's sixth mass extinction. That's a bit scary. Next, we have number seven. Natural disasters. Climate change increases the probability of a natural disaster happening and the intensity of those natural disasters. This includes droughts, storms, and flooding. Relating to disasters, sea levels will rise, which can cause flooding. This happens because if the temperature increases, glaciers and ice sheets melt, right? So, this causes the ocean to expand and leads to rising sea levels. For example, if the entire Greenland ice sheet were to melt, the planet's oceans could rise by 6 meters. And if all the ice in the world, on the surface at least, were to melt, sea level would rise by more than 65 meters. That is a lot. Speaking of the sea, let's continue. Ocean acidification. So I believe we have briefly touched on this one, though I am not sure. But I will explain what it is. Currently, there is an ongoing decrease in the pH scale of the oceans, caused by a rise of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. And this is referred to as ocean acidification. If you are confused by that wording, the ocean absorbs about 30 to 40% of the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. So this carbon dioxide basically comes from the atmosphere and enters the ocean. This acidification causes, and will probably continue to cause, a decrease in the production of shellfish and other aquatic life with carbonate shells. These animals cannot reproduce shells under highly saturated acidotic waters. Acidotic is an increase in acidity and lowers the pH scale. Next up, another thing relating to the ocean. There will possibly be a shutdown of a certain or potentially all ocean currents. 
So abrupt climate changes have happened in the past, recorded in glaciers on Greenland. These changes were probably caused by changes in the ocean currents, specifically the northward transfer of heat by the AMOC. Climate change affects the currents and can possibly cause worse changes. Anyways, climate change is believed to have caused a 15 to 20% slowing of the Gulf Stream. The Gulf Stream is a current that transfers warm water from the Gulf of Mexico to northwestern Europe. The Gulf Stream could have been slowed by the melting of the Greenland ice sheet, resulting in large amounts of extra fresh water pouring into the North Atlantic, which slows the current because of the now reduced salinity and like the heavier amount of water. Sadly, the current is likely to continue to slow. The current may come to a complete stop, but is it, it is unproven to happen this century, if ever. In the case that it does, temperatures would drop by an average of 3.4 degrees Celsius or 6.1 degrees Fahrenheit in the UK, and even more so in Scotland. Rainfall during the growing season would drop by 123 millimeters. Um, UK's arable land would decrease from 32% to just 7%. It is also uncertain if there would be enough water to put this off through irrigation, which could result in a mass food shortage. Alright, we are almost through with this doomsday talk, but worse is to come. We will discuss societal collapse, which makes sense that this would happen. Research shows that apart from the worsening income inequality and the strain of an increased population exceeding the carrying capacity of an environment, an important factor which could lead to global collapse is ecological strain. Climate change increases the strain, particularly in resource depletion. Climate change has actually contributed to the collapse of civilizations in the past. A 200-year drought, which sounds crazy, I might, might I add, caused the cities of the Indus Valley Civilization to be abandoned. This is a while ago, by the way. And more recently, a severe drought in the late 2000s likely grew stronger because of climate change. Contributed to the failing agriculture production in Syria. This led to high unemployment, large amounts of internal displacement, heightened ethnic tensions, and increased violence. Poor governance and neoliberal economic policies also contributed to the resulting civil war and societal collapse in Syria 2011. Now, the worst impacted countries to face this in the future are the world's poorest countries. They are more likely to face the effects of societal collapse and those effects sooner. As this collapse becomes more likely, it is possible that denial and anti-intellectualism will increase. Blame may be placed on certain communities, which will increase violence and will make societal collapse more likely. And what can this cause? War. Civil war or war against other countries, either one. Studies have in fact shown that extreme weather events can damage economies, lower the production of food, 
and can raise inequality. This can increase the risk of violence. Climate change has actually influenced 3 to 20% of armed conflict in the last century, and this number will probably rise in the future. An increase of 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels more than doubles the current risk of conflict to 13%, and an increase of 4 degrees Celsius doubles that percentage, making it a 26% risk. But scientists do struggle to reach a consensus on the likelihood of war as a result of climate change. They struggle because future climate change is very different from what humanity has faced in the past, and the ability of societies to adapt is unclear. Finally, we have gone over the 12 main points. I am feeling pretty hopeless now. Now I will go over what one I think will happen first. I believe the f that the first problems included in the climate apocalypse to be felt by humanity are heat deaths and intensified natural disasters. In fact, these two things are already happening. Though I don't think heat deaths are that big of a problem yet, though they may be. But it is easy for certain groups of people to die from the heat. Those with illnesses or are weak, like babies and seniors, will probably be the most affected, either because of the heat itself or droughts and such caused by the heat. Natural disasters are also already intensifying because even now places like the USA faced wildfires before the seasons, and there have, like the wildfire season is what I mean, not like summer, winter, fall, spring, I mean before the wildfire season, and there have been more high-level hurricanes in the past couple of years. Not to mention the Australian bushfires that spread more easily because of the climate. When the climate changes, the weather can intensify quite easily, in my opinion. So, what are the countries that are in the G7 going to do about this? They pledged to take action, which I hope they will do before it is too late. Climate action needs to begin now, though, in my opinion, and many others. The countries plan to raise $100 billion a year to help poorer countries cut emissions. Sadly, I discovered that they have said this before, but they did not follow through. Due to the pandemic, I believe, which is reasonable, but I, again, I am not so sure. They also promised to help developing countries move away from using coal to produce energy and are trying to financially cut coal overseas and phase it out in their home countries. The G7 will also pressure China to do the same. The countries hope to cut emissions of carbon in half by 2030 at the latest, and have net zero emissions by 2050. They will conserve and protect at least 30% of Earth's land and ocean by 2030, which is a lot of land in my I think, because Earth is huge, right? I hope they will follow through with this, and if they do, you bet I'll be throwing, like, a huge party. Of course, after the pandemic. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great no news if they did all of these things, wouldn't it? 
Apparently, though, according to climate activist Catherine Penteg Pentangle, interim head of the UK's branch of the Climate Network, 2050 is 20 years too late. So we have to get, like, a lot of this stuff done by 2030. Probably the net zero by 2030 emissions, I think. Uh, that's a bit troubling. Because it'd be hard to do that all in 10 years. It's possible. But it'd be hard, and the countries aren't saying they'll do this. And if they say they'll do this, maybe they'd do it by 2050, because they're probably stretching the truth a bit. Next up, my opinions. So, climate change is a natural process, but we humans are speeding it up. Every other creature on this planet has to face the consequences, even though humans are the reason that this is such a big problem today. Humans really suck sometimes, don't they? I think that the governments are the only ones able to make a large enough change, though. Especially the bigger, richer, and more developed countries. Like the ones in the G7, for example. Sadly, these governments aren't doing enough. Yet. Hopefully they'll begin to do more. Even with so much pressure from their citizens. You know, like, carpooling doesn't change much. Even if everyone in the world were to do it, it wouldn't make much of a difference. But if everyone combined all the things newsletters and activists say that can help, and the governments changed a few things, then climate change would be way less severe. Eventually it would get this severe, but not as soon as it will if we keep on going about how we're doing these things. I also think humans buy much more than they need, of course. They should have things to entertain themselves, but people just shop for the fun of it. I am guilty of owning a lot of things too, right? It's, I think a lot of people find it fun to just, you know, buy new things. Oh, I have a new thing here. It's new. It's something different. This is so cool, right? But we don't really need these so much. Um, okay, let me continue. I just lost my train of thought there. Let's be honest here, though. I think a lot of us are guilty of it. I'm not sure, though. I don't know about you guys um, and your spending habits. Um, I also feel that some of the people in charge don't care to change. Since they probably won't be alive through it or be too old to care. The world is messed up. Love people suck, but we can change that. We must do that. We must change it. I am currently on changing my working on changing myself, and I hope you'll try to do the same, and I urge you to as well. And about the G7's meeting this year, discussing climate change. At first, I felt very hopeful, excited, and happy. But then I discovered that the leaders in the G7 have broken their promises in the past, so now I feel less hopeful and more angry. Why angry? Because in this world, it is normal to find out that even our own leaders are breaking promises about, about such important things. Like if they broke a promise about something small, like, oh, um, like with their family member or something, who cares? But it's a, such an important matter that it's sad that people have to 
people break promises about it and people get let on, right? I just wish we could live in a more honest world. Others also believe that the G7 is all show and that it is full of empty promises. I, I only have a few opinions here because I couldn't really find any contrasting ones and these are basically the general idea of the opinions I found. Well, that is my last point for today. Bit of an abrupt ending, but I could go on for hours talking about this. I uh, feel very passionate about climate change and like thinking that we need to change and stuff i could go on forever but i hope you have enjoyed this episode you may have not because i talked about a lot of sad things um just sounds sad it's a bit depressing but i hope it also inspired you in some way to help care for our planet and thanks for listening in and i'll see you next time on let's talk about science or talk or talk to you next time I'm not going to be looking at you. All right. Bye.